With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. Uh, and we talked about this in the last episode, but Steve wasn't here. So first things first, I want to get Steve's reaction. What what was your 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 kind of just like gut reaction when you heard that that both Blake Gillikin and Will Lutz would be losing their jobs to UDFAs named Blake Groupie and Lou Headley? I definitely, I guess, apologize to Peter King because I thought his report was completely bogus and it turned out to be completely factual where the Saints were interested in trading a draft pick to Denver. Well, Denver was interested in sending the draft pick for a kicker. That ended up being Will Lutz, which made so much sense. Obviously, it says Sean Payton does know him. Uh, I didn't think he'd be going after the undrafted rookie and groupie. A l- a Wait, so you're surprised. gonna give credit to Peter King, but not to me, the guy who told you that's what's what was gonna happen. I, I guess because Peter King had an imprint. I guess I'm giving him the credit, but it, that it, seems unfair. It, it's just <laughs> it, to me, it was just wild though. They still decided to move on from the proven guy. No, I mean, I I, I agree with you. I didn't think that it was gonna happen, but I think where I kind of landed on it was if Sean's gonna trade a draft pick for a kicker, he's gonna want it to be the kicker he knows and right. My question, and I don't know if we'll ever get the answer to it, is whether Sean would have traded for Blake Groupie. Because is that the difference? When you, so you have two guys who are very close to each other. And, you know, I, I, we, we, we all watched that battle play out in camp. And to me, the tie goes to the veteran, right? And so I would say that they were very close. I don't think that there was anything that either of them did to separate themselves from uh, the other guy. And and to me, it was like, okay, if you're trying to win this year and this is not a rebuild year, then you're just going to go with the proven commodity. But what if the Broncos are willing to trade a pick for one of them and not the other guy? Does that factor in? I think it does. And you also save money when you keep Blake Groupie, you get a seventh round pick. So to me, I think that's that's probably what kind of tipped the, tipped the scale is, you know, you got a seventh round pick. And while, you know, seventh round picks are kind of like, you know, pennies that you kind of chuck around and, you know, throw in the wishing well, uh, you know, sometimes they're Marcus Colson. So better than nothing. Right. Yeah. And so if, and and if you were kind of leaning toward Blake anyway, because you wanted to get younger, you wanted to free up some cash so that maybe you could go after a backup offensive lineman somewhere that much money there. No, but you also saved money on Roby. You saved money right, for sure by going from Gillikin to Headley. So it does add up after a while. And, uh, you know, Headley's funny because talk about getting younger, dude's 30. 
I talked to him this week about that. And, you know, I asked Darren Rizzi about this too. It's like, you know, you bring in a 30 year old guy. It's like, it's gotta be a unique situation for a coach. Like you're dealing, you're used to dealing with rookies. You're not used to dealing with rookies that were, was, were once a full-time scaffolder and owns a tattoo shop. But you know, what Darren said is basically, it's like, he never, he never came in and was considered himself above the rookie class. Like it, he, he did the whole rookie thing. He, he came in as a mature version of a rookie player. And I think that that helps when you're trying to decide between these two guys, like, you know, it, he, he endeared himself well to that coaching staff. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really like Lou, you know, he's, he's a fun guy to talk to. We hadn't talked to him until this week. Um, you know, and, and I asked him about being a 30 year old rookie and it's, it's funny cause you know, I'm, I'm 33 and I feel like an old guy when I'm dealing with NFL players and we talk about Mark Ingram being too old. He's my age. He's the exact same age as me. Um, and you know, a lot of these guys who were talking about, man, they're so old are younger than me. Now I'm getting to that point. Uh, and so Lou, it's like, you know, he's felt like he's 50 ever since he was in college, right? Like he's 24 going in there to Miami and all these kids are like, Oh my God, you're so old. So he's used to it. He understands how the whole operation is. And he's just happy to get a chance. The rock is happy. He's got a chance. He, you know, the number 94 connection at Miami. That's why Lou wore that number. Um, he talked about that this week. The rock obviously called him out on Twitter. So that's, you know, that's a unique thing. You know, it's not a, not everybody gets a shout out from the rock. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, he's also got all those tattoos. One thing I learned this week is he, he, he was asked how many tattoos he has. And he said that he considers his whole upper body to be one tattoo because <laughs> it all connects. Um, anyway. Yeah. He's uh, he's fascinating. But yeah. Definitely surprising to me that the saints went this route on both because that's pretty ballsy having two undrafted rookies now manning your punting and field goal kicking duties. Everything was close during camp. And I know Rizzy even kind of chided the media a little saying, I don't know where you guys got your numbers from, but they were completely wrong. Way off. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I don't know if I ever had this unique situation that we had this this uh, this offseason with, you know, four really, really good specialists, obviously not including Zach Wood. I, you know, I feel about him too, but no, just the kickers and punters. Um, so it was a really unique situation to have a bat. You know, I've had, I've been involved with battles for one. I don't know if I've ever had a year like this where we had kind of the competition that we had. And, and uh, I want to start off by saying I got really the utmost respect for for Will Lutz and, and Blake Gilligan, not only as, as players, um, but as people. And I think kind of what gets caught you know, or lost in a moment sometimes is, is the human element of the game. And I've been around here out now going on my fifth season here with the Saints and, and obviously have a tremendous relationship with Will. I've known Blake for a long, long time. And so those are the, those are, that's the part of it that's, that's really difficult. And uh, as I told both of them, uh, you know, Will and Blake, you know, they're one of the 32 best at what they do. And uh, and they're going to be kicking and punting, um, you know, for years to come. It was just a unique situation where we had, uh, you know, two rookies that, that really performed well. Uh, we had a battle in both in both ways. And so, um, listen, you know, starting with the, the kicker specifically, you know, both those guys were 90 plus percent, um, you know, from from the day that, uh, you know, we started off season. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever seen that either with 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 two kickers the same place so we you know we chart every competitive kick 
I've seen some of your numbers, by the way, guys. You were you were way off. Um, uh, but no, we chart every competitive kick, and uh, and really those guys were they truly made each other better. Uh, I know Blake would be the first one to tell you that he he learned a lot from Will. Um, you know, I know Will's going to continue to have a great career, um, and uh, and so it, you know, again, those are difficult decisions. It's uh, it made my job over the course, you know, whenever the offseason started, uh, enjoyable. At the same time, it's it, it's a, it's a really tough when you come down to this week and have to make those final decisions. It is it's an emotional thing, right? Like both of these guys have been here for multiple seasons. I think Blake had a little bit less uh, of a mo- an emotional connection with the city. It hasn't been here that long. And he was replacing a guy who had about as 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 strong of an emotional connection as you can have with a place in Thomas Morstead. Who, who um, I, you, I'm sure you saw on Twitter said I someone said, oh, hoping you would come home to Miami. They were talking about after he was released uh, initially from the Jets. And then Morstead responded, just to be clear, home is New Orleans. I was like, yeah. oh, right. No, yeah, it, it's it's a real thing. Um, but yeah, and and I think. Uh, Will's going to be great in, in Denver. And uh, that's the thing. It's like, I think he's going to be real good. Um, and you, we saw what his agent had to say. I'm not a yeah. fan. Uh, like, Will, Will hit all the right notes. His agent was more scorched earth about it. <laughs> and, I, and I understand why, because Will took a pay cut to stay, right? Not like that. Like, that's not nothing. Like, he gave up money to stick around. And then he got cut or traded on that contract. So it's not like he gets that money back. So, you know, I can understand why his agent was in because that's money out of his agent's pocket, too, not just Will. Um, <laughs> but it's it's something. Uh, either way, I think kind of going forward on the special teams topic, you know, I think this is a really good group of special teams players. And that's one of the things Darren Rizzi talked about this week is like the cupboard for special teams talent is really full to the point that you can do a lot of interesting things. One of the players that... I think is going to have a big role on special teams this year as a rookie is Jordan Howden. He had two tackles on punk coverage in uh, that, that opener against, I'm sorry, the finale against the Texans. And they were impressive. I I watched back both of those clips uh, on the L22 and on one of them, he's actually starting as the gunner on the opposite side of the field. And he works over, I think it's Adam Humphreys. I didn't even notice this in real time, but I noticed the tackle and he was like, just shot out of a cannon. He wipes him out. Uh, I think Lonnie Johnson was the guy on the other side. And Jordan just flying from the other side of the field, comes in, makes a perfect tackle. Um, And, you know, I think he's a guy who is going to be a factor there. Um, And so I got to catch up with him this week. And here's what he had to say. How far have you come just on your own kind of valuation? Because everything's going 100 miles an hour. For sure. I feel like uh, your first year, you know, transitioning from college, uh, it is way faster. Um, You're with a bunch of skilled players that are at the top level in each each of the positions. You know, everybody's fast and quick. Um, You just got to catch on quick and just learn from the people that's in front of you, ask questions. Um, I feel like that helped a lot as I got through. And even I'm still learning as now. So, like I said, you go out there, you put on tape and just do your best and then learn and grow. So. Is there anything in particular that kind of stands out like a light bulb moment getting into the NFL? Um, I feel like just being around the people that have been in the league for a long time. Um, uh, it's a, it's just a different feeling when you get to be around the people that you've been watching for a long time or people like you just see playing on Sundays and you know just actually being around them, see what they do and how, they, how they're how they able to stay in this profession for a long time. Um, I feel like that would help you once you move on in your career. So. 
catch. And obviously, as a rookie, you know, finding ways to get on the field, special teams, it's a big part of that. So you get two uh, punt tackles in that final the finale. Is that something that you kind of clicking in that punt coverage? Yes, because, um, you know, in college, it's totally different. Um, it's a totally different thing that you have to do. I've just been with the coaches, special team coaches, and just been learning with them every day. And each game, I've gotten better. And like I said, as long as I'm able to do that and be able to ask more questions, okay, what what should I do? Should I be more on the line, off the line? Okay, if I'm in a vice, what do I do here? So um, I feel like learning with the vets like JT and getting with them has been helping me to go out there and just play fast. Gotcha. And is there any, are you focusing on either safety position in particular or are you kind of just working? Um, right now, um, like even all camp uh, OTAs, I learn both just in case. So whenever somebody does go down, like I know both. So I don't have, it doesn't have to be like, okay, he only knows this one spot. Then, okay, so right now, I, I know both, but right now, I think I'm pretty sure leaning more to a strong safety right now. So, not for sure yet, but whatever they need me. So, so that was Jordan Howden, Saints rookie, fifth, sixth round pick out of Minnesota. No, fifth round pick out of Minnesota. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think he he's a guy this team likes a lot. They obviously kept him around. All the draft picks made the roster. Um, one thing Rizzy talked about was situational gunners, which I thought was interesting. If they're on the going in punts, they might have faster guys. You know, sometimes if you see the wide receivers who are really quick and can get downfield and get those punts right before the goal line. Whereas when you're deep in your territory and you're trying to get, you know, you might get doubled on the outside. You want bigger, stronger guys who can fight through that and get downfield. And so you got, I mean, Lonnie Johnson, Hugo Amadi, Jordan Howden, maybe a Traquan Smith, maybe an A.T. Perry. Like you have a lot of options on, uh, on those, on those plays. And I think the Saints are in good shape. When you mentioned earlier, too, the Saints had to be drooling over Howden with his versatility. Uh, he can play the slot, both safety positions, uh, also special teams. That versatility factor, again, for Dennis Allen. I agree. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you that that video here. Uh, let's see. Just, just for your edification. This is the play. So he's coming from the opposite side of the field. I mean, like, that's, that's impressive. And you'll see it here. Like, look where he comes from. He splits his own teammates and gets down. That's Adam Humphreys. Bonk. Down. Locked in. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think he might, the angle he takes might be suboptimal in terms of, I don't think you want both gunners to be on the outside hip of a guy who's trying to cut the other way. Um, Like, you know, your first job as a gunner is to get to the returner however you can. So, you know, in that sense, he's not responsible for being the contain guy. But I still think you still want him to be opposite. You know, you don't want both gunners coming from the from the chase angle. Um, but he was able to just time it up perfectly. And so I think you probably want to see him kind of work his hips a little farther inside as he's making that, because there are faster returners than Adam Humphreys. And if he does if he does miss that there is a long way that he could run to break contain and get to the opposite edge of the field. Um, but either way, yeah, you can see the ability there. Uh, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of intriguing young players. I think they've done a really good job the last couple of years of drafting and getting really athletic, strong, prototypical sized players into positions that they can develop. Alante Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, even a guy who I think has looked pretty good this preseason. So, you know, there's a reason that Darren Rizzi feels really confident about this group. And uh, that's 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 part of it. Yeah, I forget the stat that someone put out on Twitter of how how much younger the Saints have gotten this season. It was it was Jeff Duncan. But when, and the funny thing is they actually made a move that made them significantly older at punter. Right, right. 
they got five years older at punter <laughs> and they still got younger. So yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely true. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, when you're, when your left tackle is, is a second year pro, you know, that's, that's, that's something. They're still one of the older teams in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, they, they're definitely, they're definitely getting to the younger side, especially at cornerback um, at safety. They're not, uh, but yeah. Cam, the oldest player on the roster right now, I think, right? Oh man, that's it. Putting me on the spot there. Let's see. I'll look it up. It won't be that difficult. Um, I, I believe it's him. And luckily he's still performing at a high level. Oh no, no, no. There is, there is another player that is 34. So Cam and, and this other player is 34. And then there is one player who is older and you should know who it is. I'm trying to think who's the same age though. Also defense. Oh, I, uh, uh, Jimmy Graham's the oldest. I'm sure he's 36. Okay. And then I mean, who's the other one with Cam? DeMario. Okay. And then Taysom is 33. <laughs> Taysom. Damn, Ooh. I don't think of Taysom yeah. as 33. Wow. Well, yeah, because he's only seven years in it. Like, like <laughs> Taysom is 33 in year seven. DeMario Davis is 34 in year 12. Derek Carr is 32. Tyron is 31. James Hurst is 31. Max Garcia is 31. Zach Woods, 30. Mike Thomas is 30. Marcus May is 30. And then Lou Headley. Their rookie is 30. He's going to be in year five at age 35. But yeah, so they got younger, but they still have a good number of guys on the wrong side of 30 in significant roles. So, you know, there is a balance that you have to play there, especially if you're trying to win right now. You can't just have all like look at the Jets, right? Like, yeah, they, they weren't ready to win until they bought a quarterback. The the biggest one, you know, you going through those, the, the names, obviously, Man, the Saints got to get something done so DeMario and Cam get their rings because, I mean, 30, we're, we're getting to that point where there could be a drop-off, although we have not obviously seen it yet from either one. I agree. One other guy uh, that I'll mention that I talked to this week was Ryan Connolly. He got back to practice. Um, he was dealing with a knee injury, um, and it was originally thought he was going to be out a while, right? I think he's played well. I'm glad he was able to stick around the practice squad. He was the doctors originally thought he was going to have to have surgery on that knee, but then uh, it turned out he was able to rehab it without surgery. So he's back. And uh, was that the one that coach said that it was a significant knee injury? Was that somebody else? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was him. And so it's good to see him back. You know, I I talked to him. It's again, with these veterans, it's really a matter of where they want to be, right? Like he could have gone, somewhere else and went on a practice squad if he wanted to be there. He likes it here. Same with Jalen Smith. Both guys just wanted to be on this roster. Uh, you know, and, and we've heard that from a lot of people. It's like they, you know, there's the, there's a really good locker room culture this year. Like everyone feels like there is something really positive brewing with this group. And that at a certain point, that's just kind of like, like yay, rah, rah doesn't mean anything. But then at a certain point, it's real and, and you have to acknowledge it. And I, I'd like to think that that's the case this year. And we're going to start finding out this week. It's game week, baby. The rubber meets the road. So if it is all talk, we're going to we're gonna find out. We'll find out very early on, too, because I feel like, you know, we, we've talked about the schedule and how it shapes out in favor of the Saints. Uh, I, I think early on, your toughest matchup might be week one at home against the Titans. We'll find out. But all right, let's wrap up this episode of Inside Black and Gold. We'll be coming back to you this week with more on practice updates. We'll get an injury report on Wednesday, and then we will dive into the Titans. Uh, For the first time, we'll start talking about an opponent because I have not spent one iota of time 
researching the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Texans. Um, but we do want to know a bit about... You got to spend time with the Chargers, though. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to them. <laughs> um, I was more worried about trying to find Jimmy Graham, wherever he was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, maybe we'll be able to finagle a Titans guest this week and, and get kind of into what to expect from them. Because I, I don't really know that much about the Titans. I know about Derek Henry. I know about Tajay Spears. I know about Ryan Tannehill. Um, so we'll find out. But all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller, WWL. You can check out the latest Saints content at WWL.com and follow us on YouTube at WWL Sports. Steve, any any parting words for the IBNG faithful? Hope everybody has a great Labor Day weekend and be seeing you in the Superdome soon enough. Hope there's no labor on this Labor Day weekend. There always unless is. You're, unless you're due to give birth, in which case I hope there is. That was a weird thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace.